Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with Abinella and we are doing a meet the cast lineup with both Abby and myself. And by the way, Abby, it's so fun because we actually did not interview you for the movie because no. by the time you and I met in person, like we were pr- we were pretty much at the end of interviewing. We were on our way right. to Heidi um, in Washington to finish the movie with her. We stopped right. by on the way, met you and your family, got to hang out with you guys for a couple of days, but we didn't get to actually get you in the movie. However, you have a little I cameo. technically part of the cast. <laughs> well, you are because you have your little cameo spot in there on the podcast because there's... Which totally surprised me when I watched it because right. you guys didn't tell me. You watched it and we're like, whoa! That's Abinella! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was really fun. So we, we wanted to find a way just to... Um, honor you and um, show how grateful we are for your role in Schoolhouse Rocked. And thank you. So when you guys see the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about, but there's a (laughs) couple of parts in the movie where it flashes to us podcasting. And so all, I think every single one of those has you in it. And so it shows you and I podcasting with um, a few different people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Several different people. So you are officially part of the cast. So Um, I'm allowed to be on this episode. You're allowed to be on this episode. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you missed Monday, go back. On Monday, Yvette shared. So the today, Monday and today, Yvette sharing her testimony, what the Lord's done in her life all the way back from when she got saved. Um, because you guys know, obviously she's sold up for homeschool. You know, a lot about her schoolhouse rocked journey. Um, you know all about that, but it's been really fun to go back and and hear about more who you are. So you left us with a cliffhanger, dun, dun, dun. Um, just in some really big trials that you guys had in those that first ten years of marriage. So yes. will you will you fill us in yep. on what what some of those big tough things were that I think a lot of women may be able to relate to actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, there were two, and I, I couldn't even tell you which which came first. Um, but probably our struggle with infertility um, came first. As a matter of fact, I, well, yeah, that probably came first. Um, it all kind of started happening around the same time. And so, you know, I told you before that my my desire, my dream was always to just be a mom and a wife. I had no mm-hmm. desires to, you know, have a big corporate job, which I actually did work in the corporate world before we had kids, but that was not my dream. Um, I wanted to be a wife and a mom. And so, mm-hmm. um, Unfortunately, when we first got married, we bought into the world's lie that, you know, we needed to have our lives together and we needed to be able to support a family and we needed to just, you know, kind of be mature enough to have kids. And so we um, went on birth control pills and and now I completely regret that. I I, I would not do that again now. Um, as a matter of fact, they really messed with my hormones and, and made me kind of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But we had bought into that. Um, and so for the first few years of our marriage, I, I was on the pill. And um, that is something that we've really had to um, repent for um, and is, is, is 
that's a whole different part of our story. But um, about four years into our marriage, we were like, okay, we're ready to have a baby now. For whatever reason, we felt like we were ready at that point. And I just thought, well, it's going to be easy. No one in my family ever had a problem getting pregnant. Um, so why would I? And so we tried to have a baby and it didn't happen and it didn't happen and it didn't happen and it didn't happen some more. And all these years started going by and it was, you know, first couple months and it was the, you know, like many women do, you know, I was tracking everything. I had my, um, you know, thermometer next to my bed and I like all the things, you know, that I thought I needed to do. And, um, and it was really, really hard for me because I never expected that I would have a hard time conceiving. I mean, I just thought, why, why would I have difficulty with that? Well, in the process of that and through that journey of infertility, and it was just a lot of heartbreak. Um, I, the Lord was growing me in big ways. And I remember one day, um, reading Philippians four, six, and seven, and it said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, Mm-hmm. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I literally wrote this scripture down and I posted it on my mirror in my bathroom. And I would just read this over and over and over again. And I just kept reading, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Trust the Lord, trust the Lord, full surrender. And again, it was another point in my life where I just had to like fully surrender everything to the Lord and trust him that his timing was going to be perfect. Through part of that time, um, my parents went through a divorce and I was at the time I was, uh, 26 years old, I guess. And so, um, that was a really difficult time for me. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't divorce when I was a kid, but it was shocking to me how difficult it was for me to process that as an adult. And so that was just a really hard time uh, that our entire family went through. And that was, I think, at the point that I started to realize how much Satan hates families mm-hmm. and that Satan's going to do everything he can to break up a family. And so it was it was just hard. Um, so I was dealing with infertility. I was dealing with my parents' divorce. I was mm-hmm. dealing with just the um, struggles of life and marriage. And this is still within the first 10 years when I was saying, you know, mm-hmm. we still were trying to figure out this marriage thing. And I remember one night having a dream and I, I've, um, I think I've told you about my other dream, which I, I may talk about that later on, but sometimes I, I, and I'm not a person who like the Lord speaks to me through dreams very often. I've actually had two in my life where I knew for a fact that God was just showing me something. So mm-hmm. I had this dream one night and I was really struggling during this time. And I remember that I, in my dream, I was, I love roller coasters. If you don't know about that, know, know that about okay. me. That's, that's part of Yvette trivia. I absolutely so love weird. them. I can't you stand don't. them. <laughs> that's scary. I love that. I love amusement parks. I love water parks. Still, like now as a real grown woman. Oh yes. Oh, they're so that's fun. That's so cool. You're like the fun mom. <laughs> yeah. I, I love them. I'm like them. the mom that's like, I'll be over here eating my cotton candy, <laughs> praying for you that you don't fall off that thing. Well, well, here's my dream. So <laughs> in this dream that I had, I was on this roller coaster and it was a really, really big roller coaster. As a matter of fact, in California at Six Flags Magic Mountain, there was a roller coaster called Goliath. So in my dream, the roller coaster that I was on was called Goliath. 
And I had been on this roller coaster over and over again. And I just kept riding it over and over and over and over and over again. Like I wasn't getting off the roller coaster at this amusement park. And finally it came to a stop and I told the roller coaster attendant, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to get off this roller coaster. And she's like, okay. So the, the bar came up, you know, it has the little lap bar to hold you. And so you don't fall out. And this one had loops and everything had drops and loops. And it was a big, scary roller coaster. So as I was, um, standing up to gather my stuff together to get off of the roller coaster, there was a duffel bag on the seat. And all I remember was that it had mine and Garrett's Bibles in it and then some other stuff. And hmm. I stood up to grab this duffel bag because apparently I carry duffel bags <laughs> on, roller on roller coasters. With your Bible, just in With case. With my Bible, just in case. So I stood up to get off the roller coaster and it started to go again. And, you know, when you start to get on a roller coaster, it kind of goes up the first big hill and it goes clink, 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 right. clink. And I'm standing and I'm like, wait, it can't go yet. I'm not, I'm not off of the roller coaster. I need right. to get off the roller coaster. So I start freaking out. Well, the roller coaster attendant who's, you know, getting people off and on of the roller coaster, she looks at me and realizes that I'm standing up. Uh, and so therefore I'm going to like fall out right. and it gets to the top of the first little hill where it peaks. And there was a man sitting at the top and I don't know what his job was. I don't know why he was sitting there, but he was sitting up at the top of this first peak and he had his legs like propped up on these, these bars and he had his arms crossed and he's not paying attention to anything. And the girl is like screaming, screaming. at him and <sighs> she's saying, stop the roller coaster, stop the roller coaster. And so I'm freaking out at this time. I'm screaming and I'm yelling. I'm like, I've got to get off the roller coaster. If I don't get off, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And this is how I felt in my life. Like I felt like I was on this roller coaster. And like, if I didn't get off, I was going to die and not really die, but I just, I felt like it was right. more than I could handle. Right. So it gets to the very top and as could only happen in a dream or a cartoon, the girl runs up the stairs next to the roller coaster and she's chasing after it. And she gets up to the top of it where it peaks before I got to the top of it. And cause she can run super fast apparently. <laughs> so she gets up to the top and she looks at the guy and she said, you have to stop the roller coaster. She's not, she's not, you know, strapped in. She's going to fall out. And he finally pays attention to what's happening. He looks at me as it's coming up and he throws his arms up in the air and he goes, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. Ah! And he's just going to let me go. And I knew I was going to fall out and die. Ah. And so this, this girl is standing at the top and I get to the very top of the roller coaster. In my dream, I can't remember anyone else being in, in the roller coaster with me. It was just me in this duffel bag. And she looks at me and she said, you have to take my hand and let me help you off the roller coaster. Mm. And I said, I can't, I'm so scared. I cannot take your hand. And she said, you don't understand if you don't take my hand and let me help you down, you're going to die. And you know, those like sticky hands that you can like throw against yeah. the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And my dream it, that was like her hand turned into kind of one of those. Oh, no. And she like reached her hand out and she, and I grabbed onto her hand and then she in like slow motion, she lifted me up and oh. out of the roller coaster and she set me down on my feet. And then the Did roller coaster the went. Bag? No, the duffel bag stayed in the roller coaster. Oh. And afterwards I went and had to like gather the duffel bag and the Bibles from oh. it. 
but she set me down on my feet. And I, to this day, I wish that the girl would have been like a big, strong man because I fully, I'm fully aware that God is not a girl. Right. Totally. I knew when I had that dream that God was saying, trust me, you have to take my hand. And if you don't take my hand and trust me to get you off of this roller coaster, you're going to die. Like I'm your only option. I'm your only choice right now. And so you're just going to have to trust me. Um, So, And maybe it was a girl, not because God's a girl or even remotely that at all. But sometimes we think God's not big enough. God's not strong enough. God's not able to handle all of this heartache that I have, all these troubles. Right. And somehow we just don't think he is. But when we look at truth, he is. And I yeah. mean, I don't know, I'm not reading into your dream, but sometimes we 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 doubt God and we shouldn't, but sometimes yeah. we just or our own our own stuff gets in the way and we think God God can't possibly God can't possibly help me with this. Right. You know? Right. Right. Or maybe it's just not a big enough deal to him. Right. Um, and in reality, yes, it's it all matters to him. Yep. So and there's nothing he can't handle. There is not. There is not. Um, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and I'll continue with my story. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back. Um, So I was telling you the roller coaster dream, and that was, for some reason, that dream just had a huge impact in my life because it, it, again, was one of those times where I just realized, surrender. I have to Mm -hmm. surrender to the Lord. I have to take his hand. I have to trust him. And fast forward a few years, we still were dealing with infertility. We'd been married. How long is this now that you've been? Um, So now at this point, we've been married for 10 years. So you've been trying to have a baby for six. Yes. So still no baby. And of course, you know, lots of people said, you know, why don't you try in in vitro? Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I just really, for myself, I really had a conviction that if the Lord wanted us to have a baby, if he wanted me to be pregnant, I would get pregnant. Like I could spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on in vitro. And if I if the Lord doesn't want me to get pregnant, I'm still not gonna get pregnant. Right. And we right. didn't have the money to do that anyway. And so we just were trusting the Lord. And so we started talking about adoption. And that was the first time that we really became serious about it, where we just thought, you know what? Like we wanna be parents. Right. And even though I wanted to be pregnant, I I was totally and completely okay with adopting. Right. And so we started looking into adoption. And as we were looking into it, I um, had a friend named Barbara and we were standing at church one night and I was just just sharing with her my heart and just my struggle with wanting to be pregnant. We've been trying for 10 years now, you know, more or not 10 years. We'd been married for 10 years, trying for six. And I remember her saying to me, she said, one of the things you have to realize is that if God has a child for you, it's not about your time and your mm-hmm. perfect plan. It's about God's time and his perfect plan for this child to be in the world. And for some reason that really resonated with me. I was like, oh, you mean it's not all about me? Because if you remember back to the beginning of my marriage, it was all about you. It was all about me. Like it had always been all about me. It had always right. been about what I want when I want it and give me what I want when I want it. And if you don't right. like God, do you know who I am? (laughs) Garrett, do you know who I am? And instead God was saying, Yvette, do you know who I am? I have a perfect time 
for you to be a parent and for your child to be in this world, no matter how I bring that child into the world. And so again, that night was another time that I was like, okay, surrender. I'm going to trust the Lord to fill this void until he brings me a baby. And if he doesn't, it's okay. Jesus is enough. And I really had to come to that point of realizing that Jesus was enough, even without a baby, like that Mm -hmm. baby wasn't going to be what was going to fulfill me. Right. Jesus was the only thing that could bring me the fulfillment that I desperately was seeking. And so again, surrender, everything is surrender. Well, in May of, um, of 2010, I, it was the day before mother's day. And I had over the years, I had taken many pregnancy tests because you know, I would have some little, you know, bit of nausea or some little something, you know, or what I, whatever it was. I mean, it was some dumb thing. And I would think, oh, I wonder if I'm pregnant. So I would take a pregnancy mm-hmm. test and it would always come up negative, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the day before Mother's Day of 2010. And I had started to think maybe I could be pregnant. My And on a really personal level, my cycles were really irregular. And mm. so that was part of the issue was I, right. there was no regularity. So I couldn't say, oh, I'm three days late. I must be pregnant. Like there was right. no, you couldn't make any sense of it. Okay. And so, um, so I, I started to have some symptoms and I just thought maybe, just maybe, well, because Mother's Day was the next day, I thought, you know, I really want to celebrate Mother's Day if I'm going to, you know, if right. by chance, yeah, by some freak right. chance I'm pregnant, I want to be able to celebrate my first Mother's Day. So it was a Saturday morning. I got up. I hadn't said anything to Garrett about it. And I went to the um, drugstore early. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. I went to the drugstore and I bought a pregnancy test and I came back home and I took it. And by this time I was like seven weeks pregnant and I did wow. not know it. Wow. No and so way. immediately, you know, it says it on there hurt. to wait like three minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I'm watching the pregnancy test. And I mean, immediately it was like two bright wow. red lines. And I, I started shaking uncontrollably with excitement. I mean, I was just because this was like the moment I had waited for for so long. So I go and wake up Garrett. I stick the, you know, pregnancy (laughs) test in his face. I'm like, wake up, I'm pregnant. And, um, and it was so, so very exciting and had a great pregnancy with her, had a great delivery with her. I mean, as a matter of fact, it was so funny as soon as she was born, I looked at Garrett and I said, that wasn't that hard. <laughs> I'm like, why did I say that? Um, oh. But it was just a, a beautiful pregnancy, beautiful delivery all the way through, except that when she was when she was born, she wasn't breathing. She was blue. I mean, blue, blue, blue. But praise God, we had um, a good doctor and nursing staff and they quickly um, resuscitated her, her, got her. Butt to- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. Um, they got her breathing very quickly. Um, and so she was fine. Uh, but oh. I remember when she was probably uh, just, a, I don't know, a couple months old, I was nursing her one day. And I, I think I may have told this story. I'm not sure. But I was nursing her one day. And I, well, actually, even coming home from the hospital, uh, back up just a little bit, the day that we took her home from the hospital, I sat in the back seat of the car with her because, you know, my first baby, and I'm not going to just yeah, leave her sitting in the back seat by herself. <laughs> so I sat in the back seat and we're pulling away from the hospital and I just start crying. And Garrett said, why are you crying? I said, I've just waited so long for this Aww. day. And again, that was one of those uh, just pivotal points in my life where I realized what started to just see how God was working in my life and his mm-hmm. love for me. 
And so then fast forward again, um, a couple months later as I'm holding her and I'm nursing her and I look down at her and you know, when babies are first born, they just kind of are like, la, 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 la. And they, they don't focus on anything really. Right. But this was the first time I looked at her and her eyes and my eyes locked. Mm-hmm. And the the love that I had for her was so deep. I mean, it was like, and, and I, I know you have felt this with yours, like it almost hurt. Yeah. I had never, and I love my husband, you know, I love my parents. I love my family. A whole different thing. But it's a whole different thing when you have your own child. And especially one that we had waited for at this time, oh, it yeah. had been by this, by the time she was born, it had, we'd been married almost 11 years. She was born, I think like wow. six weeks before our 11th anniversary. Wow. And so um, I'm holding her and I just was like overcome with emotion and this deep, deep, deep love for this child. And at that moment, I realized that this was just a glimpse. I mean, just a tiny glimpse of the love uh-huh. that God has for us as his children. And it can't even compare to the love he has for us. I mean, it's right. it's nothing in comparison to that. But it gave me a whole new understanding of how much God loves me, mm. that I got to hold this child, this child that I'd waited for for so long. And when we think about how the Lord waits for us for mm-hmm. so long to surrender to him. And then we come to him and he gets to hold us in his arms and he looks at us deep into our eyes and the deep love that he feels for us as his daughters and sons is just incredible to me. So that again was another point where I just realized, man, God loves me. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. And that led me down a path of digging even more deeply into God's word in my Bible and really wanting to understand his love and who he is. and. And at the same time, wanting to be a mom who could pass this on to my children. Mm. And so, of course, um, we went through, um, you know, several more years of trying to have another baby. Um, We were really excited to have Brooklyn. And and again, I had to come to that point where, okay, if this is all the Lord gives us, we are, we're fully content and excited. Um, When Brooklyn was four, um, oh, no. Yeah, when she was four, um, I got pregnant again and I lost that baby. And then a couple months later, I got pregnant again and I lost that baby as well. And the second uh, miscarriage that I had, the Lord took me through this really weird depression, uh, mm-hmm. something I've never experienced in my whole life. Um, I, I always thought that when people talked about depression, that I, I was always, because I'd never in my whole life dealt with any kind of depression. So when people did, I was on the side of, well, just pray and get over it. Like, why why can't you get past this? I don't understand what the struggle is. And I truly think the Lord allowed me to go through this time of deep depression through this pregnancy. It was before the miscarriage, actually. Um, My hormones were just a mess. And I literally laid on a couch for six weeks and I couldn't do anything to help Brooklyn. I mean, I barely could get up to make her a bowl of cereal. She was four. And she basically ate like chips and cereal for six weeks because Garrett was working and he would come Mm. home and have to basically do everything because I could not get up off the couch. I felt horrible. Mm. I felt like I wanted to throw up and I was really Mm. depressed and it was awful. And no one really knew that I was going through this at the time. But then um, that one ended in miscarriage and it was really weird. It was like the day after um, I miscarried that baby, I was back to my normal self again. It was very, very strange. Wow. but I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord allowed me to go through that because it really did help me to understand depression and what it can really right. do to a person and that you people don't always have control over right. their it's thoughts truly and emotions. Paralyzing. Yeah. It, paralyzing is per, a perfect way yeah. to say it. 
Um, so a few months after that, then I got pregnant with, um, Lacey mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she was one I, I had just lost to within the last less than a year. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit scared um, right, when she sure. when I found out that she was coming because I, I just felt like I couldn't go through it again. It was so hard right. physically, emotionally. Um, it was really, really hard. And it was just that constant like, okay, surrendering to the Lord, surrendering to the Lord. God, whatever your will is, I'm going to trust you. And um, so she was a keeper. We we were so excited. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she was born. And so they're, my girls are almost five years apart. Um, they're just a couple months short of being five years apart. And we've never been able to have any more kids since. Wow. And it's really interesting looking at that and realizing the the story that God has continued to write for our family over the last couple of years and making the movie and living in the RV and traveling and and just our living situation and everything would have been really hard, not impossible, but really hard to do that had we had more than two kids and had we mm-hmm. had um, like a boy and a girl would have been really hard because our girls have had to be in very close quarters with one another. Right. So if we had a 15-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter, like that would have been hard to do right. that. But God knew exactly what we needed. He knew yep. what his Because it's his plan. story. It's not your story. Right. And that's what we have to remember. Right. Exactly. And uh, so then came Lacey and- um, And she's know, taken the world by storm, that she, girl. <laughs> she, is, she is our energizer bunny. She is uh, so much fun. And my girls are such a blessing. Um, and I think, you know, we've we've talked enough kind of about the rest of our story. And mm-hmm. um, so I won't go into all the details of that, but I just want to share one last verse. Over the past five years, as we've been on this journey of making Schoolhouse Rocked and trusting the Lord to take us through uh, just this- crazy time of our our world and society and um, the movie and all the things that we're going through. One of the verses that he continues to bring to me is Psalm 4610. And I actually want to read the whole thing because when you think of Psalm 4610, usually you think, be still and know that I am God. And that's mm-hmm. a powerful part of that verse. And that's the part that always comes back to me. Um, but it, there's more to that section of scripture, actually, verses 10 and 11 are so powerful. And um, so, so Psalm 46, 10 and 11 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of mm-hmm. Jacob is our fortress. And that's truly where I find myself today is that God is my fortress. God is he is Lord Almighty. He is in charge mm-hmm. of everything. And no matter how hard this life gets and no matter how wonky our world gets and how crazy things are around us, God stands firm. He is strong. He is on his throne. And as Christians, we need to be still and trust that he is in control. And mm-hmm. it's not always easy to do that, but I am so thankful to have a God who, who is faithful and loving and kind and he and sees cares. us and he cares. He sees us and he knows us and he knows our needs better yep. than we know our needs. Absolutely. And um, and so so that's kind of where we are today. Um, you wow. know, there's so much more to our story, but you like I said, you, we've talked a lot about our journey part of it. And so right. um, I won't get into details on that. But um, yeah, I'm thankful to have a God who loves me and Amen. Uh, shows and me that's that what it's my all kids. about. That's what everything we do 
points back to is that God that loves us and, and is always there and never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. Amen. So Aww. we're going to wrap this up. We're going to be back again um, next time with Abby. We're going to hear what God's done in her life. And I'm so excited to hear this because I have actually not heard your entire testimony. I know bits <laughs> and pieces of it, but I'm excited to know well, when what you the get Lord's as done. old as we are, there's like 10 testimonies right. throughout your life. Right? I'm like, which testimony do you want? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us. If you missed in the very first episode where I mentioned that we are going to be in, uh, Abby and I together are going to be in Hebron, Kentucky. It's going to be the 23rd of September. So just in just a couple of weeks, it's a Thursday from 1.30 to 2.30. We are going to do a meetup at the Marriott Cincinnati Airport Hotel in Hebron, Kentucky. We are going to put a form, a link to a form in this um, episode and these show notes. So if you are interested and you think you might be able to meet us there, fill out that form and let us know so that we will know that there are going to actually be people there. Because if no one's going to show up but my mom, who won't show up because she's in California, right. um, then we'll probably, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably, probably go have coffee. Yeah. And just mourn the fact that nobody came to see us. Right. <laughs> so if, if you're within driving yeah. distance, please come and see us. We would love to meet you. Feel free to bring your kids with you. Um, and we hope to see you guys there. So um, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.